Welcome to the Finding Backcountry Podcast with your host, Dustin Whitwer. I am Dustin Whitwer, and this is the Finding Backcountry Podcast. Follow along on my journey of learning from the best backcountry hunters each week as we explore valuable information I use to find success in the backcountry. Let's get to the show. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode with my brother, Jason Whitwer. What up? What's up, buddy? <laughs> Wanted to jump on quick. It, first of all, I will say that it is very late for me to be podcasting at my age of, I wonder how <laughs> old everyone thinks I am. At my age, it's bedtime. But podcast comes first. That's what I'm trying to tell myself. So when Jason was willing and available to podcast, I selflessly gave up sleep. Uh, <laughs> I sacrificed. I'm making the sacrifices for all of you. You specifically, whoever's listening, think about that. <laughs> and well, I am. Um, the wife and kid are, they're up at the cabin and I'm home alone. So I'm like, let's party. Yeah. So this is our form of a party. Yeah. This is this is what old married people do as we jump on and podcast. Yeah, cuz I'm uh normally on a normal night, I'm I'm about getting ready for bed at this point and I work in the morning. Yeah. Which, you know, you know, most people have to work every day. I have to work like every 4 or 5 days. So it's kind of a big deal when I have to go to work. Yeah. So anyways, here we are. Here we are. So I had someone message me tonight and ask me or earlier today and ask me what the best credit card for a hunter and outdoorsman is. <laughs> and yeah, it's kind of interesting. I actually had an answer right off. Uh, for me, it was the Shields card, surprisingly. And this is not a pitch for Shields or credit cards in general. In fact, uh, unless you, I don't know, credit cards can be good if you use them smart, but um, probably ha most people shouldn't have credit cards. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> but no, that, that Shields card's cool, man. Like, I didn't realize it. Honestly, and this is going to sound like a more of a sales pitch, but until we worked there and we had to like learn about it and all of the granted, I've never used any of the benefits and you know, who knows if you ever would, but <clears throat> a lot of the protections and stuff like that. So I thought it was a good, yeah. I thought it was a good credit card for an outdoorsman. Well, for me personally, like I'd say, the majority of my purchases are from Amazon. So I have the Amazon credit card and it's freaking amazing. It's like 5% of Amazon, 2% on fuel and food, and then 1% on everything else. And you don't have to spend that money at Amazon. You can cash it out. It's just cash into your account and then take it and buy whatever you want, which 
pretty much anything you want is on Amazon. So yeah, that's how they get you. Yeah. So for me, I, that's the only credit card I have. But I don't know. I just I don't go to other stores enough to make it worth it. You know. Sorry, I'm. I've got a dog running loose because the air is running, and I'm trying to organize my life here. Chief, outside. Good boy. Uh, so speaking of chief, yeah, sorry, not to jump off the credit card thing. That's kind of interesting. Amazon credit card. Um, I took chief out tonight and I had, I got a, um, I had a, uh, dead chucker that my buddy had given me Yeah, from last season and like frozen yeah it was it was frozen um yeah (laughs) my buddy Derek henderson um he had froze them and he had vac sealed them together (laughs) and then we froze them and anyway i was a little worried because you know chiefs he's like i'm new to this right and so i'm learning as i go and he's, and I'm sure there's some bird dog expert that's going to, you know, hopefully, hopefully hit me up and help me because I need help. <laughs> um, but he's just been, you know, passive about birds, especially when we're just out, you know, in the wild, you know, like if, if we, for example, we just went on a hike last weekend and kicked up two wild, uh, hunts and I'm, you know, I'm 90% sure he was downwind and caught wind of him, and he just watched him fly up and then went about his business. He didn't even care. So <laughs> that being said, I mean, he just he just doesn't know what he doesn't know yet. He's young. He's six months old, right? But I've just been making it a point to kind of get him a little more, you know, just keep him interested and jacked up on it until we can, you know, I've got some training pigeons outside that are waiting to be in, you know, home so to speak so you have to leave them in there for a couple months in the pigeon coop and so we can't really use those and then they like do they come back uh-huh yeah yeah oh, so you, cool. once you get them once you get them homed then they uh you know you can miles miles you can take them uh away and they'll find their way back uh <laughs> let's uh hockey <laughs> yeah pretty good chance of that at some point <laughs> Because now they're just relying on your your bird feed. Yeah, yeah, they have no survival <laughs> skills. They're not outside birds. So good luck. Um, but anyway, so you know, I just been making it a point to kind of keep him interested in keeping birdie and stuff like that. And so, um, which which he is, he's he is crazy. When that's the thing is like once he figures out what he's you know what's going on or you know, once he's aware of a bird, he's, he's, he's always, he's always chasing the chickens. He's pointing the, he goes nuts trying to get into the pigeon coop. Like he's very birdie dog. He just is young. Right. But I'm just keeping him interested. So anyway, took him out. Who knows if this is, you know, a thing that you do, but I, I took it and, you know, wanted to kind of, the idea was to kind of reward him. Um, I can already hear all the messages coming in of <laughs> stupid stuff I'm doing. So my idea was, you know, get, and so as soon as I 
I'm, I cut the bag open in the house and he's in there and he's kind of like, what is that? You know, not really smelling it yet. And then he picks up a whiff and then I pull one out and he just goes nuts. <laughs> and so I, I'm like, okay, like put him in his kennel and we've done this before. Right. And he's, he does it. Um, the same thing with, with furs, right? Like I, I may or may not have, I've talked about this recently, but picked up, I acquired somewhere uh dead raccoon and i take it out and we do fur drags out in the field and he just as soon the second that he realizes that we're doing a you know that we're playing fur drag or whatever he just he is relentless um and anyway so i take him out he knows that there's chuckers and he, he you know i bring him out of his kennel and what i'd done is i'd taken it out and just kind of set it upwind and then put his food for the night right there next to it, you know, thinking, let's just get him excited about, you know, going to the smell of a bird and, and start there. Right. And then reward him with his food or whatever. So, oh my yeah. gosh, he just flips a switch, man. Like, no, oh, he's out there whining. He flips a switch, man. Just complete. He just goes bananas almost to the point where it's like, geez, he like, Calm I had down. Yeah, I had to like, you know, I've got him on his check cord and so I'm going going through some little, you know, skill things with him and some drills of like, "Hey chief, come." You know, "Come." And he knows "come," but again, you get in that situation and he's going 100 miles an hour and he's so preoccupied with where's the bird? Where's the bird? Where's the bird? And so to like, okay, like focus up and like come, you know, and I had to like, I had to reel him in with the check cord because he's six months old and he's just going bananas over the, where's this bird at out in the field, you know, and, uh, you know, but trying to like reel him in on, you know, hey, you know, you still got to listen to me and we're a team here, you know, I'm just kind of going through that anyway, you know, he. He finally winds in and sniffs in on it and gets his food. And he's just, that's the other thing is he's very driven, um, very food driven. He just like, I mean, some people talk like, like you, your dog, like he wouldn't eat his food and he didn't care. And like, dude, chief would eat the entire, some, the vet was like, Oh, don't be afraid to just give him free reign to the food. And I'm like, ma'am, no offense, but this dog would eat he would drain the whole 40 pounds. He seriously. Ma'am, no offense, but you have no idea what you're talking about. You have no idea what you're dealing with here. Like this dog is insanely driven by food. Oh yeah. Art, Ted and Chrissy, golden doodles. I just freaking give them what they want and they're both skinny. Like they just don't. He, yeah. They're both pretty energetic and, and you know, I mean, Chrissy, she's crazy. Like she can freaking run like 10 miles and then take a break and go again. (laughs) Yeah, well, but, I'm convinced that he would just, he would drain the whole thing. But anyway, he's such a fun dog, man. Like, I've always just, I've never lived in the right place, you know, uh, really. But up here is the right place, and we've got the right setup. And so, um, it's just, I've always just wanted a dog that could hunt. You know, like, growing up, we, you know, dad was into running cats a little bit with Ron and, and deep Creek and those guys. Um, and I, I would go out with them in the winter time and it was always just my favorite part was just helping with the dogs and working the dogs and watching the dogs work and stuff like that. And, you know, we were never really into bird hunting growing up and, and I'm, I'm still not like into it, into it, you know, at least not yet, but I, 
I'm into the dog. You know, I'm into I'm into what what I'm watching him do, and he's just man. He's so he's so fun. He's so impressive. Even at this age, just some of the instincts and the natural um, natural skills and stuff that he has. So we'll keep yeah. Um, keep a cheese cousin update. Taylor. Our cousin Taylor's always asking. He's like, "When are you going to come bird hunt with me?" I'm like, "Oh, do they have antlers?" Like. <laughs> Oh, no, thanks. Well, you know, most like up here, you start burn hunting in, I don't know, October, November, about the time, you know, most of the, the hunting that I do is over. And then it's December, January or February, whenever it ends. And so, um, yeah. And it's, you know, the, the best advice I've heard with this dog is like, not this dog, but just dogs in general with these, you know, hunting type dogs is they don't have to be anything, right? You get in your head a certain breed or a certain dog has to do certain things for you. It's like they don't they they just have to do what you want them to do, right? That's the whole point of having them, you know. And so I forgot not forgot cuz I didn't do it, but like I just realized how much fun it would be to go like maybe chase a raccoon sometime. I don't know. Like let's go coon hunting down on the river, you know. And he's totally got it in him. I mean, he's, he loves. It's not like a dog like that. It's not like he's like one dimensional. No, in fact, he's, he's expected to be multidimensional. You know, he's, his testing, his testing, in fact, um, you know, I'm not calm down everyone out there. That's, you know, thinking I'm (laughs) I'm a draught horror purist or elitist or whatever. I just like the versatility and, and I do, I like the competition and the scoring and stuff like that. It's just in my personality, but, um, yeah, the, so the testing, uh, from what I understand, we haven't, he doesn't, he won't do his spring puppy test. Um, even though he was born October and he's, you know, about six months old now is, you know, when they start testing them, he was born October 2nd and the cutoff for testing this spring would have been the end of September. So any dog that was born before October 1st tested or is testing right now for their spring test as, you know, basically a six month old. Um, and it's, it sounds early, right. And especially relative to him, cause he's, he'll now go, they only do it in the spring. They don't do it in the fall for the, for the puppy test. So he'll go an entire year from now and not test until 2022 he'll be a full year and a half like one of the oldest he'll be the oldest i'm sure yeah i'm sure he'll be the oldest one there um anyway where was i uh it's like in school when a kid gets held back a year (laughs) and then he comes back and he's just bigger than everyone better he's already shaving yeah it's like whenever that is like you know seventh grade or something and you're still got peach fuzz and he's like got a full beard (laughs) like wait what um (laughs) (laughs) anyway so he anyway part of that part of that that puppy test that they do you know and it's granted it's a natural ability test is what they call it and so they're not expected to really be trained for any part of it if that makes sense you know they're just expected you know you would direct them a little bit to help them you know point a bird they but they they don't have to like do anything you know, they don't have to retrieve a bird or they don't have to be steady to the, the wing, the flush or the shot or anything like that yet. Um, which, you know, I actually expect him at that point. Cause we'll put him through it. I'll put him through an entire hunting season up here. 
I expect him to be, you know, a little more polished than some of those other dogs. But anyway, well, on the on the flip side, if next spring comes around and you go to the competition and all the and six he month fails. old pups are <laughs> the six months olds are better than he is, then that's yeah. gonna be uh... <laughs> we're gonna hang him up. Yeah. <laughs> all right, you're a house dog. Yeah, you're a house dog. Um. Anyway, where I was going with that though is like the the score so you do a fur drag or a rabbit chase i guess and you do you know a uh bird flush bird bird point and i can't remember what else they do um oh blood blood track or blood trail or whatever anyway and i'm and and i'm butchering probably the the anyway the, the point is the first stuff is actually worth like twice as much in the scoring as the the like pointing a bird, pointing a upland bird. So, um, you know, I, I try to work with him on that quite a bit because it's actually worth more. And frankly, for me, it's just as fun, if not funner, watching him like check, check, you know, track a fur uh, track or whatever. So, man, how do we get sidetracked on Chief? I love it. Love it. Because he's a bad boy. He is not a good boy, that's for sure. Like I, I just posted on my Instagram story. Um, I was looking at the, I was put a new bag of dog food in the garbage <laughs> I bin. Your, your, your <laughs> and I was looking at the bottom and it, it's like supports brain development. I was like, huh, that's interesting. It, it didn't work for my two dogs. Like, well, think, this is all I fed them for no, the past year. No, you're going about that all wrong. You have to think about how dumb they would be if they weren't eating that dog food. That's how I would sell it to you. <laughs> okay. Well, Ted. Ted is the bestest of all the boys. Chrissy is a freaking idiot. No offense, <laughs> but she's she's dumber than a box of rocks. But she's cute, so that counts for something. Yeah, <laughs> and she's valuable because you know golden doodles are the thing right now. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, they're bad dogs. Yeah, they're all they're all bad dogs. All dogs are bad dogs. All dogs go to heaven though. <laughs> Uh, well, should we talk about what we wanted to talk about? <coughs> I was just going to, no. uh, we're just going to do a quick one on just some gear, maybe even some specific gear. Um, you know, I've got quite a few things I could talk about, I guess, but just a little gear rundown gear podcast real quick. Um, you got some new boots. I got some new boots. Talk about new boot goofing. New, we're new boot goofing. We're new. I'm boot. literally. I'm wearing them right now. Like I just pulled them out of the box. I'm uh, looking at mine right now. I'm not wearing them, but I'm looking at them. And I wore them the other night, uh, doing some chores around the yard and stuff. So, you man, we're we're crispy fans. Like, there's no secret with that. I, you know, I've tried. I've tried a lot of other boots. I haven't tried all the other boots. Um, but man, footwear is one of those things, you know, if you find the one that works, there's, you know, you're, there's really no reason for most people to switch. Um, you know, the only reason we would is if we were, you know, going to review them or something, but I don't have any reason to switch from these crispies. They're so awesome, but, yeah. um, yeah, uh, you got the it's it's kind of a new boot, right? They got you literally are new boot goofing. Um, I I literally um, saw the post. No, first I saw an email um, from Crispy 
came out and my order was in like less than an hour later. (laughs) Well, and it's, it was an easy one, right? Because it's a big brother or a step, just a different version of the Ativa that you've already been running. Yeah. So I, I got the original Ativas, um, last year, I think pretty like same thing right when they came out and I wore them on quite a few scouting trips. Um, in Nevada guiding, you know, we don't do anything like crazy backcountry. It's just pretty close to the road. And I wore those like every day of the season, um, team road hunt. with, yeah, with, um, those first light gators, the summer, the short ones. Mm-hmm. And man, I, I love that setup. I, I guess my only complaint would be with them is that those shoes, um, <clears throat> really easy for like dirt to get through so at the end of the day my like feet would be dirty were they waterproof no i don't those ones aren't i don't think so coming up this year the difference now is these are a mid ankle so they're up a little higher and now they are um gore-tex okay so So these ones are waterproof yeah these ones are waterproof and i'm assuming they're going to do better with the dirt and stuff and Man, I've I've just been wearing them around the past hour or two, and they're they're super comfy. <clears throat> yeah. Do you feel like with the lighter boots that your feet get fatigued? Like when you're out, I know how like a lot of little boulders and rocks and stuff like that down there in the desert type country. I mean, do you feel like your feet get fatigued, or are you not heavy? <laughs> you're not heavy enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I only weigh like one eighty five. But no, I, I don't know. I've always thought with heavy boots, I like, I get tired quicker. I don't feel like I move as fast. I just, they're just, I'm like lugging around these heavy boots and you know, there's hunts where you have to do that. Like I've got some late season crispies and, um, you know, a bunch, a couple other crispies and, and you just, you know, they are what they are and you, you have to use them. You know, I'm not going to wear these sativas like, yeah. on a late season elk hunt it just doesn't make any sense but man i man i just i love wearing lightweight sh- shoes and boots trail running shoes i'll i'll scout and hunt in them all summer and you know early fall i just well people are like cars you would be like a sports car i I like to think of myself as like a muscle car, maybe. Oh, gosh. <laughs> no. Uh, Some sort of, you're like one of those souped up uh, rice rocket things, you know. Maybe uh, maybe like a like a, an Ultima, the sport edition, you know, just pretty, pretty boring, but yeah. got a little speed to me, you know. Yeah, slowly turning from like the cool, the cooler like sedan, you know, like sports car into like a, a family sedan. Uh, yeah, like a high a hybrid probably. Yeah, yeah that's like you. oh, it's like it's like kind of a family car, but kind of want a wannabe sports car, you know, because you're like kind of transitioning in your life. I, yeah. <laughs> on the other hand, would be. Could we agree that I'd be like a full ton diesel pickup i was gonna say like a max truck oh, come on 
And for me, you know, you talk about, oh, I'm not as nimble and I'm not as quick with my boots and I don't feel as light and fast. Like, I never feel like that ever. Barefoot, I don't feel like that anymore. And so, low and slow is my gear. Low <laughs> and slow. But yeah, I'll tell you. Yes, sir. I'll tell you what, though. You hook a load to me and get me rolling downhill, especially, and I can go a long, long time. Yeah. And so for me, I've been running the Nevada, uninsulated Nevada, like religiously. I mean, I was convinced I would never wear another boot in my life other than like late, late season type stuff. I switched to the, what do I have? The guides? the guides uh i think they're the wild rocks wild wild rocks yeah like 800 gram insulate or whatever similar build but they're bulkier and they're taller well i was in the market for an early i don't want to say an early season boot but my my nevadas so my nevadas were getting worn to the bone and i needed you know, and it's like the problem with having one boot for everything. Cause I like, I'm going to be honest. I already have another pair of Nevadas that I've just had in the box. <laughs> and because I love them so much, you know, it's like when you find the one that, that works the best, you just double down on it. Right. So I've already had a duplicate pair just sitting there waiting. And I just, I I'll milk these other ones until they're absolutely done. And they're about done. The tread's pretty much gone, but you know, it's like that Nevada is the best all around. Like, I still believe that hands down, even the hot early season stuff that you guys are doing down there. I know all about it. Right. And it's still the boot that I would wear for everything. If I had to wear one, however, differentiation is good. Right. And if I could have that Nevada for like, you know, September, through the end of the year or whatever and then have a boot you know like early season scouting that was say a little bit lighter weight similarly built still had like a nice rubber rand with the rubber or with the leather you know boot but was like just a little bit lighter maybe wouldn't handle you know wouldn't handle the the load of a full you know 50 60 pounds for a week at a time but who cares? Cause I'm just doing these quick little two, three day scouting trips. Then that would be a boot that I would be interested in. And so I asked Corey who now works there again, you know, something funny about that <laughs> is anyone who knows Corey and has ever called him will know that he, when he worked at crispy originally, he, his voicemail was, Hi, this is Corey with Crispy US, blah, 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 leave a message, right? Well, he he came up and worked at Gunworks. Things, uh, everything worked out fine. They just wanted to be back, I think, in Salt Lake, and it was just better for their family and stuff. And, you know, I think Teresa wanted to get back to Shields or whatever. He never changed his voicemail the whole time. And so now he's <laughs> back at Crispy and it's it's just perfect again because you call him and you don't get him and he doesn't answer a lot. So I've heard his voicemail a lot. Hi, this is Corey with Crispy. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, it's, you just never changed it. That's brilliant. Anyway, dude knows, he knows a lot about a lot of things. He knows a lot about boots. I hit him up. I'm like, hey, 
like, you know, this is what I'm thinking early season, but he knows how much I love those Nevadas. I'm like, what do you got, man? Like, should I just get another pair of Nevadas? <laughs> um, for, he's like, no. in the box. <laughs> yeah, to put them in the box. But no, I was just seeing if there was something else out there. I wasn't going to get another pair, you know, but he's like, man, you got to try these uh, Valdez, Valdrez. Valdrez. Valdrez, yeah. I could be wrong, but... I think there's an R in there. Anyway, I'm using my phone to call you, but... Valdrez. Um, I'm like, okay. So I get these things. Dude, they're freaking sweet, man. They're basically the same. You know, like, like aesthetically, they almost look the same. They've got their leather. um, They've got a rubber rand around the entire boot. Same Vibram sole, it looks like. But, you know, for whatever reason, like the leather, the only place that there's not full leather is like the tongue. is like it looks like some sort of synthetic or whatever. But even then, it's not like that. You know, it's like a breathable type deal. Full Gore-Tex, like maybe one extra seam on the the inside that the Nevadas don't have. Which could be, you know, I'll keep my eye on it. It looks, it is triple stitch, so that's good. Um, you know, those seams where the, you know, where the bending point is, those are always scary. Um, but anyway, it's like it's like the, the. I think those are the boots that Dad has. Yeah, they're. Well, I I guess I didn't know that, and I could have asked him, you know, what he thought about it, but. Um, yeah, I mean, it's like the little brother to lighter weight. It's like me and you. Like, I'm a Nevada, and you're the Valdrez, or whatever it is. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, so we'll see. I'm I'm <laughs> super impressed. They're, I can't remember the weight difference. Maybe, I don't know, half pound lighter or something like that. Um, so it should be a little better early season boot. Well, let me tell you, um, the Valdrez is one boot. Size ten is one point one five pounds. Yep. So a pound and a half, and the Nevada non-insulated. Wait, one point one five or one point five? Sorry, one point five. Okay. Um, crispies are one point nine. Crispy? You mean Nevadas? Nevada. Sorry, I'm all over the place. Yes, it's one point five on the Valdrez. And then 1.9 on the Nevada. Right. So collectively, it's almost a pound between the two. Um, Point no, eight, like, like six ounces, I think. No. Well, no, no. Point eight. Okay. Over three quarters of a pound between the between the pair. Yeah. 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 It's gonna be Sorry. good. Like you, like we said, it's late. Yeah. Remember? This is why we don't podcast this hour of night, okay? Let this be a lesson to us. So we'll see. We'll give a review. I'm still Nevada uninsulated uh, cult member for life, but this could be a good way to take a little, a few miles off my Nevadas. Uh, I got, oh my gosh, how many seasons? Would this, would this be my fourth or my fifth? Let's see. When did you, was the Nevada hunt? The year I killed that buck in Nevada. Was that, that 18? Was the first year. Yeah, eight, um, that was August of 18. I started those boots, 18, 19 hunting season. 
20. Yeah, this would be going on my fourth season, which is unheard of for like as many miles and as much backcountry hunting as we're doing. Um, that's that's if you're getting three years out of boots like that, like you've got a winner. And these, yeah, I'm telling you, I could, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it just to just to prove all the haters wrong. I'm gonna go four years on those boots with no tread. I'm gonna be slipping all over the mountain. Probably gonna roll my ankle. You guys are gonna owe me uh, a GoFundMe for my ankle problems. And but I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna take them four years. I'm gonna go well, four years. Is the leather and everything else? In oh yeah. Condition? Why don't you Why don't you just send them in and get them resold? Yeah, then you always, wear them another eight years. I know. I always worry. I don't know. I always feel like when like I have cowboy boots and I just wear them till they're. I just run them right into the ground and I never resole them. Because I don't know, I just feel like oh, it's new boot time. Like I don't know, I don't like it, but yeah, I probably should. But we'll see. We'll give a review on these. I mean, I I guarantee I could get four years out of those Nevadas if I run these Valdrez for my early season up until the hunt start. So yeah, we'll see. That could be the headline of the year. Dustin goes four years on a pair of Nevada uninsulated, and they solidify themselves as the boot of all time like it's like it's like when you know it's like kobe bryant it's like michael jordan it's like you can't argue with that anymore nothing someone someone will still find a way to argue yeah bring it on yep well what else any other gear dude i found the I found the lightweight tripod of lightweight tripods, and I'm telling you it's a sleeper because no one is talking about this. It is – let me pull it out here. This is the lightweight backpack tripod to have, and for a couple reasons, I'm telling you. This is the – it's a Leo Photo. You guys have heard of Leo Photo, but why Why is this Urban LX-224CT flying under the radar? why it's a little bit more i'll tell you why it's a little bit more than a couple other tripods that are similar like the slick uh i think it's the 634 maybe um also the what's the other one in that um there's a slick um God, what's the other ones that we've looked at what do you have what's your lightweight one um, well, I, I got a, I don't know how it's pronounced, Siriu. Siriu, um, that's the other one. I got one. And? Um. Let's see if I can find it. I don't know. Yeah, all of those have their issues. Let's see. Tripods, one Siriu, Siriu, let's see. I'm going to find it here. Anyway, dude, I'm telling you, this tripod. Does it um, does it have twisty knobs or snap? It's got twisty, and I know you hate twisty. I'm out. No. <laughs> There's so I much. It's so much better. Knob. No, no, no. No. People so back people with, back me up. 
twisty. My problem with the twisty knobs is, you're, and I do you're not that, smart enough. To. No, I used that stereo for a year, and um, you kept getting them mixed up. So I'd get the directions mixed up constantly, no matter how many times I, I like, I would deliberately like think about it. I'm like, okay, I need to go this way. Go wrong. <laughs> and then a couple times, one time I was spotting for a guy and we were 300 yards from a deer and he shot, hit it, didn't go down. And I, I had to jump up and run up the ridge to get a different vantage. And in the moment, like I thought the knob was tightened and it wasn't, so I'm like sitting there, and then this tripod like starts uh, falling down, and I'm just like, I was like, I'm done. Sounds like a personal problem, because for me, it's money, man. Like I can do Have it ever... so much faster than the old ones. Oh, I disagree. I like the snapper. <laughs> well, that's jury's still out on that, but I like the twisties. It's got a single column head. So here's one thing that I hated about that. Um, is it the Siriu that I had before? Where is that thing? Yeah, the Siriu has two sections for the head. Yeah, it's, it's terrible. Uh, it's the worst. It is the worst. Two sections on the head is the worst. Um, obviously, the weight, you know, like the size of this. Oh, it's only got it's only got four total leg extensions, counting the the main one, like the top one, right? And so I, th I think, do they call that a three leg or a four? I think they call it a four. Um, listen, this is a back. Some people say, oh, I want the five or I want this a little taller so that I can like stand up. I don't ever stand up and glass, especially I do, but definitely not when I'm backpacking. Like I'm on my butt. I'm on my knees, maybe. Um, but I just, I don't, I'm willing to sacrifice the weight and the size to not have to pack it. So I couldn't care less. I want, if they made this with one less leg, I would take it because it's, it's plenty high to sit on your butt or your knees um, and look through it. And then the big one though, is the way that the leg extensions, like the, you know, the, the angle of the legs are released. Some of those, um, like I think, I'm not sure if the, I think the slick, I'd have to look real quick, but I think a lot of those, they have a little, you know, like a little thing that you have to use two fingers to like pop out. And it just is an awkward, it's an awkward motion. And this has got this little rolly, you know, it's just a, it's just got like a little, uh, cylinder shaped rolly thing that you hit with your thumb and you just pop that down and then all the tensions off it and it can go. So it's a, it's one, you can do it with one hand is what I'm saying. Right. You don't, what, what's the, what's the brand again? Leo photo. It's money. It's probably a hundred bucks more. Maybe I paid or a couple hundred bucks more even, but what, what's the model number? Urban L urban LX two, two, four. CT. Okay, I gotta pull it up so I know. Yeah, it's money, man. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, I've ran enough of these that I know that what I've got. Don't try and lowball me. I know what I've got. There's a open box on eBay for two thirty nine. That's a steal. I'm telling you, that's a steal because this thing's incredible. It's worth double that at least. <laughs> <laughs> 
I might buy it just to prove you guys and reflip it, sell it. Uh, it's money, man. It's perfect. Oh, it does the you know the legs and the I, and this isn't a big deal t- for me, but the legs and the middle column do that thing where they like you can rotate it, uh, fold it into itself. You know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, some people get they love that. You know, it's compact when you're moving. So anyway. Look for look for some more photos and more reviews on that. If I find something that I don't like, I promise I will tell you guys, but it's not going to happen. I <laughs> I did it. I found the perfect backpack tripod, at least that's available on the market. The other piece of gear that I want to talk about is this really right stuff, um, Cinch, uh, Bino, uh what's the word not adapter but bino um clamp i guess or bino ratchet strap thing uh-huh so you know you want to run binos and you want to throw them on a tripod to glass the i hit the rep up so not to not to throw anybody out there under the bus who's may or may not have made their own um little stud so i let me back up i was fortunate enough to get my hands on a pair of swaro nl pure 12 powers <laughs> screw you <laughs> they're so incredible must be nice we were comparing them to a side by side with a set of uh 10 other different brand 10 powers and the field of view is identical from a pair of 10s <laughs> but they're 12s um, and they're so, oh, they're so good. They're so light and just like, anyway, Swarovski in the past has their little clamp system with the stud, right? That hooks into the middle swivel in the middle on the, you know, on the front. Yeah. Well, I hit the rep up and, you know, we work with them through work a little bit and he's like, yeah, no, we don't. We don't condone that on these. They're not built for it. I'm sure that's one reason that they're a little bit lighter weight. He's like, it's whatever he said, this, the threading in there is plastic or, you know, how they change some of that stuff. Like basically he's like that swivel stud is not condoned by Swarovski. And I'm like, okay, like, well, what is, well, you know, he had this, um, clamp, I can't remember the name of it now. It was no offense to the company, but the website was janky. And, you know, it's like you go there and it was like, man, is this real? Like they clearly (laughs) put more time into their product than their website or whatever. Right. That's the impression I got, which doesn't mean anything. I'm sure the product's incredible. It's a metal clamp. Like think of like a, you know, almost like a pair of rings on a scope. It was like that, but for like binos and they're specific. Here's what I didn't like about them. Like, A, you got to like sit and twist the, you know, you got to like clamp it down. You know, you got to like tighten the ratchet, the thing down for who knows how long. And then B, it's specific to what pair of bino, like what exact model and brand and everything that you're running, which means you got to have a different one for every single set. Right. And it was like a hundred and something dollars for the clamp. And I'm like, okay, well I also have a pair of 15s. I also have a pair of eights. Maybe I want to put all of them on it. You know, it's like now I have to go buy a different one. Like anyway, I'll just tell the story. I sent him 
a link to this cinch thing and right off you know it was just like oh that looks cheap and i'm like well first of all you've never used it you know <laughs> which which is the same argument for me and his thing i've never used it so who knows maybe it's incredible but it's basically the same price as his and i have used this and i'm telling you this really right stuff cinch uh contraption it's freaking money man it's customizable you know you can with just two seconds you can lengthen it shorten it and then once you get it set though it just kind of you know you roll it over the top of your thing and it sinks in there and then it cams over and and locks down and i we took them out this last weekend and i played with it um it's money man like binos you can leave you can leave this on the tripod if you want the really right stuff the cinch adapter or you could obviously take it off. You could technically, if you had a bino harness that was big enough, you could leave them on your binos and just slide them in your bino harness. I probably wouldn't do that way, um, you know, depending on how I was hunting. If I was bow hunting, for sure I wouldn't because you just don't want anything like that hanging off or clank, clanking on your thing. Um, but maybe for a rifle hunt. So anyway, <laughs> that's just two pieces of gear my tripod which is epic and this really right stuff thing which i'm going to test this year and i think i'm going to be pretty impressed yeah i looked it up and now i completely understand what you're saying yeah it makes makes sense if you're not going to use a stud I... it's got an arca rail you know on the bottom um and then yeah even if you are you know even if even if you're only using one pair of binos like i still think like it cams over and you can you can completely control the tension it doesn't slide out or move like it's never slid out of me and it's just like boom it's just on there solid like it's a sweet little deal man i'm i'm sure it's about the same weight as that other system i'll have to i'll have to uh remind myself what that other thing was called but maybe someone knows it's just a metal you know the top is metal too different than this one that's like a a, a strap you know a little mini you'll, strap you'll have to go on their website and leave a review cuz they don't have any reviews yet <laughs> <laughs> I will. Five stars. Five stars. Uh, anyway, well, what else? Any any cool gear you've got you want to wrap up with? Um, I just ordered. Um, and we're not like by any means, you know, like exclusively first light. But I did see those new um, first light Kurgit pants they're coming out with. Um. Uh, what's I can't even think. It's like I said, it's late. The uh, anyways, they're the new Kurgit pants, and they have the Obsidians too. And with they have added everything that I wish the original Kurgits had. They have side zippers, um, which are awesome for the summer when it's hot. They have knee pads now, which is a big deal for stocking and then their pockets are just a little bit different or I think they added some pockets on the front. Anyways, they hey, look pretty sweet. Knee pads are a sleeper. <clears throat> knee pads are a sleeper. I've been saying this for years. We have video evidence from probably five, six, seven years ago, right? Yep. The uh, clear back with core four. four and they're janky. Like, you know, you like slid a pad in there. It worked though. And I'm telling you knee pads in general are underrated and a sleeper. Yeah. They're, um, they're the foundry pants. So here's, it has, um, hip vents 
reinforced waterproof seat and knees. So that's new. So the knees and the butt are both waterproof. Mm-hmm. Dual front cargo pockets, dual rear pockets, removable knee pads, rigid waist fit, four-way stretch nylon, DWR treatment. What do you use? Like, it seems like a wet weather, like later season or a wet weather pant. Is it no, it's, it's the same. The Kurgits, I wear those things all summer. They're super lightweight, but these just have a lot of extra features. But anyways, I don't have them yet. They were delivered today. Mm. Um. And I didn't get to the post office in time. So, Dang. um, anyways, those, those look pretty sweet. I'm pretty excited to try those out. Um, yeah, I mean, I got, I got one of those new, not new, but new to me, um, platypus gravity filters. Yeah. Which it's the six liter one. Do I so need, do I need one? I mean, remember that we went on a trip um, years ago with a bunch of like granola llama hikers, mm-hmm. and remember the only water we could find was like a dirty, muddy, nasty muddy, hole. nasty puddle, and you just fill up the dirty the dirty bag with whatever you can find, runs it gravity filter into the clean, and it came out freaking yeah. clean as new. Yeah, so, I haven't. You know, I just haven't felt 100% on a new water filtration system. And here's my hang up and maybe I shouldn't care about this, but like I'm I'm looking for something that I don't know, it's just perfect and it doesn't exist. I don't think you got to watch some of these like that one, the gravity filters and stuff, they can't get wet or they can't freeze, you know, so you got to like make sure they're in your tent or in your sleeping bag even or whatever. Well, I heard a I was listening to a Hoyt podcast today and these guys were caribou hunting in Alaska and he's like, it never got above freezing like the whole time. Yeah. He's like, do? he's like, I had to put the filter in my jacket like during the day. So it wouldn't freeze. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, at that point I'm probably just using iodine and, but this is like, iodine's, I've got llamas. Iodine's you know. a no brainer unless you're going to a place where, you know, for me, it's easy. That's an easy answer. Iodine. I don't have any problem with the taste. Um, unless you're going somewhere that doesn't, you, you're not sure, or you know, doesn't have running water. And then that's marginal, you know? Yeah. But, um, I also picked up the, uh, Kafaru, the striker XL. Oh yeah. And I mean, I posted a video about it. A month or whatever ago. And but, you rigged man. your Sherman pocket to the back? Yeah, so I rigged the Sherman pocket to the back, and I'm, that's where I'm going to put my 15s because it's separate from the main compartment, so I don't have to get into the main compartment to get my 15s out, which has always kind of annoyed me. Yeah. Anyways, and it's got a bunch of other little pockets so I can put gear there. You know, it just added a whole bunch of cubic inches to a bag that's not very big. And the whole um, design of it for, you know, basically so you can use it as a big meat shelf, like, super easily without taking any of the bag apart. Like, I don't know. That's just going to be sweet. I'm, I'm going to use that pack, even though it's small. I'm going to use it on any hunt I go on. Don't care if it's a one day or ten day. Like, I can still carry everything. 
that impressed with it. Ten days, you're taking the Striker XL. Yeah, because on a ten day hunt, mostly what you're taking is a Ex- bunch of food and food. clothes. Yeah, yeah. So what I'm going to do is I'll just throw the food and clothes in a dry bag, and I'll put that on the meat shelf, basically, yeah. and then like let's go. And the main compartment is all the typical stuff I'm going to use on a even a short hunt. So. Once I get to camp, it's not like I'm bringing all the food with me. You just dump everything that you don't need, and now I have a freaking sweet day pack, you know? Are you going to go on a 10-day hunt this year? Um, I'm going to hunt for at least 10 days this year. I, I would be surprised if I'm on one hunt for 10 days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair enough. But who knows? I I do have... We had a, a friend who was very generous and let me and my wife um, point boost with him in Utah. He had a whole ton of general points. So we drew that, and I actually have the first 10 days of the archery hunt off, assuming we draw, which we, we should. Um, so who knows? Maybe I'll be on that hunt for Maybe. 10 days. Maybe. But you're, you're after pretty big bucks nowadays, so that takes time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's okay. the num- the number one thing you need to kill a big buck is time, time and perseverance and uh, patience and willingness to pass and eat your tag and get lucky too. All those things. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, I like it. 2021 gear breakdown draughts drought horrors uh dogs and backcountry gear what more could you guys ask for <laughs> sports cars and mac trucks sport cars mac trucks new boot goofing okay well thanks for jumping uh, on man yeah i might might be running to go look at a um uh yamaha rhino a guy oh, stolen Team road, team road hunt. Oh yeah, yep. Yeah. What it's all? That's where all the big bucks are. Everyone thinks the big deer are like ten miles deep. I'm here to tell you they're right off the the road. Half mile is a quarter mile is the new ten mile hunt. Yeah. You know I've, anybody can. Let's put it this way: anybody can find deer ten miles deep and hunt them and kill them. Right? There's no people back there. It takes some real skill to find a buck and bird dog one out. You like that cross reference? Bird dog one out that's living within a half mile of a road because no deer knows how to survive and get away from hunters better than a deer that lives a half mile from a road. I'm telling you, they're the real heroes. And if you can find one, your name will forever be be written in the mule deer hunting, uh, you know record book yeah well i'm I'm not wrong i've i've seen it again and again and uh i mean (laughs) that's where that's where they're at like they are where they are and yeah there's obviously big bucks you know in the backcountry and in you know but i've i've watched like 200 plus inch deer walk across a stupid dirt road you know and they don't give a crap as long as they feel like they're kind of safe in the area. Yeah. 
and there's feed and water, that's where they're going to be. So, yeah, maybe so maybe Jason, I won't even backcountry hunt this Jason's year. Jason's going to run them down with his new side by side. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyways. Yeah. Sounds good, man. Till next time. All right. See ya. Hey, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Finding Backcountry podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe and mention it to your friends. But the best thing you can do, leave a rating on iTunes or your favorite podcast platform. For notes and links to this and other episodes, please visit findingbackcountry.com.